You're listening to a sermon from Plus Life, a church that exists to see lives changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that you will be stirred in your heart and renewed in your mind as you hear the preaching of God's word today. Thank you. Thank you, Elder Joel. Man, he gave, the, he gave a Pentecostal the mic now. So you know what that means. Oh, man. It is good to be back with with family and really a privilege to fill in these shoes after after a long while. I think it's been almost a, a little a little under a year, but coming close to a year. And uh, I just wanted to say, where's Eden? Oh, there you are, right in the front row. Fantastic job with those announcements. Like, I mean, kudos. Come on, somebody show some appreciation. Wow. I was like, how does she do it? Like... Man, so I do that. I do that for my church, and I know the amount of stress and anxiety that goes with that. So respects to you, and you know, and also the worship team. You guys did a fantastic job. Amazing. Where's Mark? Man, I saw the Holy Spirit ride on those strings. Come on, man. We felt the presence of God, man. Yeah, awesome. So this is great. Now that now that we are. Now that we are ready to hear from God's word, I just want to say with everything that's going on, I really believe that God has a message that, don't worry, it's not as, it's not as going to be as great as Pastor Ian's because I know he expounds the word and he breaks the word and you guys all go back home like, oh my goodness, I never saw that like this before. Um, but that's okay. Um, the Lord decided this week that, you know what, let's, let's go with some very basic, simple truths that are very essential that we, easily, we actually know but we also easily forget. And so I really believe that God has a word for us today, and he's going to be sharing it with us. And my prayer for you is that you would keep your hearts ready and open to hear what the Spirit of God has to say to us. Amen? Amen. All right, so today I want to share with you a sermon called Faith Over Fear. Faith Over Fear. I know that usually Pastor Ian tells you the title of your sermon after you read the Scripture, but I decided to say it before. It's just a little difference between him and I. But, um, but you can tell your neighbor that now. Faith over fear. So you, yeah, faith over fear. Okay. In regards to us walking through the year 2021 from the year 2020, we are living in a tragic and difficult time in human history. While the generation of the 1900s experienced wars of different kinds, we are the generation today experiencing a plague that we are not really sure of. In the last year, so many lives have been affected by the pandemic COVID-19. There are people that we may know dearly right now who are suffering through this pandemic physically. They have actually tested positive for COVID and are showing symptoms of it. In addition to this craziness that we as a church, as a country, and even the world are going through, the pandemic and its response has also affected us mentally, emotionally, politically, socially, economically, and financially. It has added to the pre-existing problems that we were already dealing with before 
hand. And when we reflect on all the craziness that has happened up to this point, it is easy to remember a lot of the negative things that have happened in our world and even in our own personal lives. Am I speaking truth here? Yes? Let's talk about our depraved nature for a second. Yes? That's true. But today, I want to encourage you, instead of focusing on those things, I want to encourage you today from God's Word to take the time to be introspective and reflect on some of the good things that still happened and still give thanks to God for it. The reason why we should is that God who sustains the universe and all of his creation, even in the middle of all the ups and downs, has not changed. He still blesses us, and we are sustained by his grace. Everything that is unfolding in our world is heading in the direction with the end in mind that has been revealed to us by Jesus Christ himself in the book of Revelation to the apostle and elder John. If the least of God's blessings are us waking up and seeing another day, that is still a great act of God's mercy on our lives. And we need to be grateful for that. Though the world may have seen darker days, mark this, note this, the darkness cannot dim the light of the world. He still shines, and nothing can put out his brightness. We are still here because of him, and we got lots to be thankful for. And while we give thanks, I don't want us to allow our present circumstances to redefine and question who God is. If anything, our circumstances are helping us to know God intimately and be a people after his own heart. A church who is full of faith and not fear. COVID-19 came to us like a strong storm in 2020, crashing against our boat, which represents our lives. And what is interesting is that while it came crashing in, most of us were probably in the middle of other kinds of storms. I'm using that word storms as a metaphorical language to explain a level of chaos that you might be experiencing. But today, my prayer for you is that you will leave here encouraged and comforted that God would increase our faith in Him to ride the storms of fear, worry, and doubt that we will face in this life. At this time, I want to invite you to stand. And let's read from Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to 41 which is a very familiar passage in the Gospels. But while we look at this today, I want to remind you and I want you to learn four things to remember about God when we face the storms of life. This is what Mark chapter 4, 
verse 35 to 41 says. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let's go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he, this is Jesus, was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Verse 39, And he, Jesus, awoke and rebuked the wind and sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Verse 41, And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him. This is God's word. Let's pray for the blessing of God's word. Father, we thank you for this amazing scripture. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would speak to us from this passage. Illuminate Jesus Christ through these texts. We need to see a reformation happen inside of our soul today. So speak to us, Lord. Renew our mind. Encourage us, strengthen us. Every person in this room, may they not leave from this place without a touch from you. Every person watching online, may they not leave or close their screen without receiving a touch from you today. Jesus, we need you to speak to us. And thank you for this amazing word. Bless our time together. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. And to God be the glory. All right, let's dive in, okay? As we look at this passage today, I want you to remember four things about God when going through a storm. You can write this in your notebook, you can write this in your phone, you can put this as a reminder, you can put this on your forehead, you can put this on your forearm, wherever, it doesn't matter. Actually, it should actually be one place particularly in your heart. So four things, four things you should remember, okay? Let's go with point number one. Number one, one thing that you should understand when it comes to understanding about God being in the middle of the storm is that God is in the storm. I know, some of you are looking at like, okay, that's pretty obvious. Wow. But that's the truth. And I'm reminding you of this truth because we easily forget about this. God is in the storm. When you look at this whole story, when you look at this whole historical event written in this gospel, Jesus, the Son of God, is not physically positioned outside of the storm, but he is in the middle of it. In fact, what is actually alarming about this story is knowing that Jesus, who is God incarnate himself, 
who created the entire world and sustains it, knowing everything that happens on this planet and actually permits things to happen according to his desired will, gives the direction to his disciples to go across to the other side. Note that going to the other side was Jesus' idea and not the disciples. Look at that verse again. It was Jesus' idea, not the disciples. And Jesus, knowing all things, including the storm that was coming, did not stop himself or his disciples from getting on that boat to avoid the storm. In fact, he sticks with his plan to go to the other side with his disciples, regardless of the storm that was coming in. All of us, to some degree, when facing our own storms in life, may have wondered, where is God in the entire picture of what we are facing? And most of the time, we subconsciously forget that God is present in our storms. That He is not only on the boat, but that He has orchestrated our steps within the storm. Most of the time when we face the storm, we live and respond as though God is absent from it, when the reality is that he is in the middle of it. And more than that, when this whole world is going through a storm right now, we may ask, where is the all-sustaining good God? What is he up to? For those among us who live a life devoted to God, we may even wonder, why would God allow these storms to rage in our lives and in our world? If his intentions are good to all of his creation, why would he allow such difficulty? Great questions that God wants us to explore the answers to. When we read this whole story as a whole, what we find is that the storm did an excellent job to rock the boat. The storm shook everyone's security and was now helping everyone to look to the one who gives perfect security. And that could be the purpose of our storms. To unearth our false sense of security and really find our true security who is Jesus Christ alone. So remember this, first point, whenever you go through a storm, God is in the storm, okay? Point number two, God is with you in the storm. God is with you in the storm. God is with me in the storm. Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, before physically ascending into heaven, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Today, the presence of Jesus Christ is living in our hearts by the person of the Holy Spirit, which you received, which I received when we got saved, when we became born again. And based on this verse, 
we have a guarantee that Jesus' words stay true, that he is with us always. He will never leave us. He will never forget about us. See, Jesus was not just in the boat. He was with them in the boat. Just like he's with the disciples in the middle of their storm, he is also with us in our storms. Sometimes we may look around and we can fall into the sin of comparison. We may look at someone else's highlight reels on social media and compare that to our behind the scenes and subconsciously assume that God has forsaken us and is not with us. And mark my words when I tell you this, that is a lie from the pit of hell. It is far from the truth of heaven. Jesus will never abandon us. That's how strong his love for us is. His love guaranteed us his presence to be with us constantly. That's why the Apostle Paul said this with great confidence in Romans chapter 8, verse 35 to 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword or a stay-at-home order or a lockdown or COVID-19. As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Pause there for a second. When Paul is saying this from the early church mentality, you have to understand, Christians were dying every few hours because they were being persecuted. They were being killed. They were martyrs. This was their, this was their life statement. Hey, we're being sheep to be slaughtered all the time. And in that kind of mentality, Paul the Apostle speaks this great revelation. What can actually separate us? Verse 37 to 39. Be encouraged by this. No, in all these things, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, neither angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Praise be to God. Come on. Can we say hallelujah in here? Come on. There is absolutely nothing that can separate us from God's love. No storm, no pandemic, nothing that can separate us from the love of God. So, remember this when life storms come, and they will. If you're a Christian, welcome to the club. Jesus is not just on the boat. He is with you and he is with me on the boat. Point number three. God is greater than the storm. God is greater than the storm. Jesus in this story is asleep in the midst of chaos. 
And that is significant to know about the nature of God. God has a great inner peace within himself that there is actually nothing that can intimidate him or shake him. And this contrast between Jesus' response and his disciples' reaction to the waves crashing into their boat is significant to notice because it is a clear distinction between us and him. Jesus, God the Son, does not see, respond, or handle situations like his disciples or like us. And we need to be okay with that. That's the tough part. Most of us are not okay with that. And God the Father and God the Holy Spirit do not respond like the disciples or like us either. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. There is a difference between us and him. We may feel down and weary because of fighting against our present storms on our own, but my dear ones, let me tell you that we don't need to do that. We may think that the God of Israel is asleep, but the scripture says that he neither sleeps nor slumbers, which would imply that he is always active, always paying attention. And will respond for his glory and for your goodwill. Now, if we approach God the Father through Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, and our only Savior, he hears us when we call. He will respond. He will orchestrate scenarios. He will miraculously provide. He will do what is best for us. And he will do what brings him the highest glory. The storms that we face give us the opportunity to be witnesses of God's marvelous greatness at work in our lives. So let's go to him. All we need to do is actually go to him. What do you need to, what do you need to go to Jesus for today? What is the storm you need him to address in your life? Think about those things and seek the Lord. He wants to respond. He has a response. Point number four. Point number four. God has a plan through the storm. God has a plan through the storm. At the end of this story, you will find that the disciples are confronted with their perception of Jesus. They are in awe and wonder at who this extraordinary person, who looks like one of them, really is. And that was the plan of God all along when you actually read through the text. See, until now, the disciples just saw Jesus as the greater one among them, but not the greatest one forever. 
They were witnesses of his teachings and miracles. When they woke Jesus up from his nap while the storm was crashing onto their boat, they were frustrated and fearful. They presumed Jesus to be totally disengaged from what was actually happening in that situation. And by that perception, who would not be upset with someone who was totally disengaged with what was going on around them? Especially when it could harm their lives. But Jesus was not disengaged. It was a setup. To the disciples, when they saw Jesus sleeping on the boat while the waves broke in, they were hoping that Jesus would join them in helping them set their sails and get to shore safely, probably. It was a natural and fearful response. But there was something more dangerous that Jesus wanted to address to them. When Jesus calmed the storm and waves crashing on their boat, not the way that they would do, but the way he would do, within each of their hearts, the light bulbs went on. Jesus was calming the greater storms of their doubts and confusions about him that they were not willing to admit, which is more destructive because it fed to their unbelief. That's why they asked one another with great godly fear after everything was solved, who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? See, when they were waking Jesus up, they called him teacher. Look at your Bibles. That's what they called him under the pressure. They called him teacher, not savior, not Lord, not Messiah. That's all they saw Jesus as up to this point. It didn't matter how many miracles he did. It didn't matter how his fame spread. It didn't matter how many healings and demons he casted out. When the pressure came, their true perception of Jesus was exposed. And Jesus wanted to address the, this greater storm residing within them that could have an eternal impact, the storm of unbelief. And today, that storm is also present in this room. It is present in the hearts of those watching online. We don't actually realize this, but our unbelief is actually very dangerous. It is dangerous enough that it will keep us in hell. What we think of Jesus and its effect on our heart is going to have eternal ramifications. If we do not get a conviction from the Holy Spirit to repent from our sins and to believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are not going to heaven. We are going to remain in hell. We will be eternally doomed. And yes, that is the truth for those of us who are dead in their sins. That they are going to remain in hell. For there is no other destination for anyone who has fallen short of the glory of God. 
Everyone who has fallen short is condemned and found worthy of eternal destruction. But thanks be to God that he sent his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him should not perish but shall have eternal life. For anyone who believes in Jesus is not condemned but whoever does not believe has been condemned already. Everyone who turns away from their sins, listen to me if you're watching online or if you're in this room, if you turn away from yourself and believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who was sent to save me and you, is saved from their sins, from the works of Satan, and from the wrath of God, and is seen righteous in the eyes of God through Jesus Christ. They have the privilege to boldly approach the throne of grace as children of God. Because Jesus' life, death, and resurrection has ended all the arguments of condemnation against the believing sinner, for they are now declared a forgiven saint in Christ. In the context of this passage, the disciples, though they never directly have admitted it, the storm that they were actually facing unearthed their thoughts regarding Jesus' identity. Jesus being with them in this physical storm and even quieting it was to help the disciples realize who really was on their boat. That he's not just a teacher, but that he is the Messiah. That he is the one true Christ. My dear friends, God often uses the storms in our lives to unearth the things residing within us that are eternally destructive. He wants to deal with the storm of fear, the storm of doubt, anxiety, idolatry, confusion, helplessness, depression, brokenness, anger, jealousy, bitterness, unbelief, and so many more of all kinds. But more than all of that, he wants to unearth what you truly think and believe of him. And I believe that the Lord God is using this pandemic and the chaos around to wake us up and to turn to him in this time of human history. God is using this pandemic right now to arrest the world and all of its distractions that has kept us away from Him. He is using this time in history to give people a chance to repent and seek Him. For those of us who have been claiming to follow Jesus need to make sure of our election. Every one of us need to make the time to know Christ more and more. We cannot say that we don't have the time to pray considering that all of us are sharing at the stay-at-home order.
let us pick up our Bibles and search for Jesus in every verse. And let us engrave those passages into our hearts. Engrave, meaning carve it in there. Put the scripture of Christ in there. Let us become more Christ conscious by setting our minds on things that are above where Christ is seated and where he, through his shed blood, seated us also. Look at your life through heaven's eyes. When we began this year, 2021, differently from the years before, we may have asked out of fear and anxiety as similar questions like that of the disciples asked of Jesus when the waves crashed the boat, which is, do you not care that we are perishing? And we know God's response to that is that he does care and that he is all-powerful to deal with the storms we face internally and externally. And while we wait to hear his response to some of the storms that we face in this life, which, to tell you the truth, is not as intense as going to hell, understand that God already settled that debate. It's, that one's done. Everyone who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ has an access to the throne room of grace. If God can take care of our eternity, He will take care of our temporary now. He will. He will. Jesus Christ, just like He asked the disciples, and I sum this question as a reflective question in those last verses after he calmed the storm. He's asking us these lines today. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? Do you trust me? This is the question that Jesus is asking us today. Do you trust me? To have a faith that overcomes our fears is a reflection of how much we trust God with our lives. And our life and our faith is always going to be challenged in different ways. But may I encourage you to put a standard to measure your trust in God. A standard. A standard. This week I was inspired by reading through the book of Job. And he says this statement. And I think this is the greatest statement of trust that's actually found in the mouth of the suffering servant Job. In Job 13, 15, he says this, Though he slay me, yet I will hope in him, yet I will argue my ways with him. Though he slay me, though God even kill me, yet I will hope in him. My dear friends, do we have a faith like this? Do we have a faith that if God was to ruin everything by allowing the entire storm to swallow us up, can we still hope in Him? That's the measure of faith God is trying to get some of us in here to reach to. 
And let this be the standard of our faith that we should try to raise our bar in. That if God was even going to slay us, we will still hope in him. As the writer of Hebrews encourages us to look at the author and finisher of our faith, I too tell you today to look at our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let us believe and trust in him with all of our heart. When I initially read this passage, I thought to myself, how blessed were the disciples that day that they had Jesus on their boat. And it is a good question that we need to ask ourselves. Is Jesus on my boat? Or, you know what, even a better question, am I on Jesus' boat? That's a better question to ask. Am I on Jesus' boat? It's one thing for everyone to know Jesus. It's another thing for Jesus to know you. And does he truly know you? Does he truly know that you're one of his? We're living through 2021 in a way where our boat of, our boat of Familiarity, comfort, health, and prosperity are all rocked. And we may feel afraid and unsure of what things will be like now. We just heard it a, a few minutes ago. And I know we're all feeling down and, and sad about that. But let me remind you that we don't need to face these storms alone. We have Jesus Christ the God of the universe who sustains all things with us. The storms that we face is not only just exposing our false sense of security, but it is also pointing us to the one who is our true security, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So let us go in faith facing the rest of 2021. Let us be Christ conscious and trust him with all of our hearts and go with great confidence knowing that He is with us and He will see us through to the end. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for today. We thank You that we have this awesome gift in our life, which is Jesus Christ. And Jesus, I pray, that for every one of us, we need your comfort, we need your encouragement, we need your strength to endure the storms that we are presently facing as individuals, as families, as churches, as a nation. God, we pray that you will be the one who responds to our storms. Renew our minds, O Holy Spirit. Help our minds to come to the place where God's will is. Help our minds to pursue after the glory of God. Increase our faith. Help us to have a confidence and a boldness that we're going to stand for God in a time like this. Jesus, we're so grateful that nothing can separate us from your love. Nothing. Nothing, absolutely nothing. 
And I pray that, God, that you will comfort us all with that, that that would be the anchor of everything that we are doing. God, I pray that we will look at our life through heaven's eyes, that we won't look at it from our circumstances, but we will see the God behind our circumstances. Help us, Lord, to know you more and more. Increase us in your wisdom and understanding. May there be a holy reverence and fear in our hearts for the position that you take in our lives, which is that you are our King, our God, our Savior, our Lord. We thank you for today. I pray a blessing on every single person who was here tonight. I pray for the leadership of this church. I pray for the different ministries of this church. I pray for the, those who are watching online. God, I pray that you would bless them, strengthen them. May they be assured that you are with them. Thank you, Lord, for tonight. Lord, as we worship you, be glorified in our praise and be glorified in our songs. We love you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope that you are blessed by the sermon today. If you would like to learn about the gospel or know more about our church, please visit pluslifepeople.com. Remember to subscribe for more content. Until next time, stay blessed.